0: Listener
1: Production. Hi, I'm Helen McCabe, the founder of Future Women, a club to connect, learn and lead. In this series, we bring you some of the most thought-provoking speakers from our live events. In this episode, you hear different perspectives on how to build your leadership credentials and reputation. Fleur Brown is a personal branding expert and Lin Dang, the HR lead for Microsoft Singapore. Lynn came to Australia as a Vietnamese refugee and is passionate about equality. Fleur is CEO of Launch Group and author of The Business of Being You The Personal Brand Secrets of Celebrities and CEOs. She's also a self declared introvert. Here's Fleur and Lynn. We're
0: going to continue with our panel conversation now um, and shifting it up to, to talk a little bit more around personal branding and, and crisis brand management. Um, So to join me on stage for those conversations, um, Fleur is going to stay up here with us. Also joining us is Lin Dang, the Head of Talent Acquisition at Microsoft. Lynn leads the company's recruitment strategy and operations and has spent the last 15 years in the tech industry with a passion for the potential of technology to break down barriers and improve opportunity for those in minority or disadvantaged groups. She's worked or volunteered with organisations like Settlement Services International, Tech Girl Superheroes, Fitted for Work and more. Prior to joining Microsoft, she was recruitment lead at IBM, uh, IBM Australia and New Zealand. Lynn was a refugee living in a UNHCR Malaysian camp before arriving in Australia and she currently serves as non-executive director on the Board of Australia for UNHCR. So, Lynn, tell us a little bit about how you look for personal brand, particularly in your role in in talent acquisition for Microsoft.
2: Yeah. And um, I will say that I work for Microsoft, who owns LinkedIn, (laughs) so just putting the disclaimer out there. Um, Yeah, so I think maybe just from the employer side, I mean, I I lead a team of recruiters and um, there are some stats out there in industry that say, over 90% of recruiters will look at your social media profile um, when they're looking for people um, or if you've applied for a job. And certainly, if it, even if it's not career opportunities, if you've got your own business, um, having a strong online presence, a lot of um, when businesses reach out to us to do partnerships, we obviously look at their social media as well. Um, so knowing that and then knowing that social media or with LinkedIn, which is purely professional, but there are other things now like Twitter. I'm a big Twitter user um, and Twitter sort of straddles the professional and personal um, so there's there's probably a bit of uh, nuance that we need to consider um, I will say that and then there's Facebook um, obviously as well and Instagram and um, the one that my nephew's trying to get me into is snapchat which like total failure I can't I can't really join it <laughs> um, but basically I think from a recruitment point of view uh, we do look at profiles now in Australia that's predominantly LinkedIn um, certainly as roles are more technical and in the start of community Twitter is a way um, to do reach Chats like find out where meetups are or hackathons are as well so your profile on twitter becomes increasingly um, important as uh, the tech industry evolves as well um, and definitely in journalism you know politicians or her twitter accounts as well um, so if I'm thinking from a my own personal sort of advice on your online presence. Um, There's probably three key things that I'd like to talk about. Um, The first one is really, when you think about personal brand or vision, um, being really sort of crystal clear on that. Uh, When you think about sort of the noise on the internet, the more clarity, Um, that you can give others as they're looking at your profile or where you're reaching out, the better. Um, I think there may have been a session earlier around like finding your why, what fuels your fire, because I think the more that you can connect with your own purpose and you know sometimes we talk about personal philosophy but basically what gives you your energy Um, you will find that in get what gives you energy or what you're passionate about when you get into flow state when you're working on something you naturally gravitate towards that and the reason I say that is I think that authenticity comes out when it's something you're super passionate about um, and that you drive with so when you can have that clarity I mean if I can think of some examples like Ariana Huffington um, you know well-being is so huge a part of her brand like it's what people connect her with or share Sandberg in in the tech world around leaning in and creating leaning in circles for women um, having that clarity is just really important um, so that when you know recruiters go through hundreds of um, LinkedIn profiles or resumes like being able to succinctly create that and say this is what I'm about this is what I'm passionate about and don't be afraid to bring in like your personal story into it Um, you know uh, I think in the intro you said I was a refugee who came here. Um, in the beginning of my career, I, I kind of didn't really bring that into my professional profile. And the reason for that is, um, you just don't know how that will land. Um, certainly as I think more about my career and how, uh, you know, how, why I entered technology was really to uh, you know dismantle those barriers and think about making structural changes in our system um, then it became clear to me that actually I need to I need to be that person. Um, there's not a lot of refugees here who in prominent um, you know with prominent voices in our media in our mainstream media so that became part of my own personal brand and it takes a lot of sort of I think courage to to reach that level. I certainly wouldn't have done it back 15 years ago when I first came into the industry. So know that you can iterate your brand as you go along as well. Um, the second thing is around networks so um, I think around networking what's really important is often we think about networking when you're reaching out to people or when you're creating um, profiles you're really thinking about what's in it for me like I want this next job or I want to sell this or you know I'm out pitching my business the other thing I think is really important is networking is a two way street like what have you learned in your career what Failings have you had? Um, What knowledge or wisdom um, can you impart uh, that's been really uh, crucial for your career that you can share with others? Um, So thinking about networking as a two-way street, sort of uh, takes away that edge where people feel, oh, I'm just self-promoting and, you know, so I think just thinking about that way. And it also makes you more strategic about, well, who are you connecting with online, which becomes offline, or, you know, what events do I go to? Um, So that's my second point. And then my third one is around just consistency. So a lot of the times I see people just get really active on social media when they're looking for a job. (laughs) Um, But I think if you connect it to your why and how you can give back or, you know, or be a bit more strategic, then, Even if you're consistent in your tone, your image, but even just what you're posting, how you're connecting with people, I I will say around social media is it's about uh, you get back what you put in. So if you're only, um, you know, following, um, if you're not retweeting things or you're not sharing content on LinkedIn, it's very hard for people to say, well, you know, what is this person about? So I think that consistent messaging will help you land your brand consistently over time as well.
0: That's some great tips there, Lynn. Fleur, you've spent a lot of your career advising on personal branding. What What
3: tips do you have? I guess what I really wanna do is just persuade anyone who's thinking of wiggling out of this that it's non-negotiable now to have a personal brand. (laughs) You've got one anyway, you've got an online footprint. Um, And there's a few things that are really driving this and I see this a lot in the work that I do. And the first thing is obviously the future of work is changing a lot. So we're gonna see increasingly over the next five to 10 years people are gonna go become untethered from corporate brands. I don't think we're gonna see companies carrying the same degree of corporate overheads. What does that mean? It means a workforce that might be more contracted in, a little bit more freelance, a little bit more solo entrepreneur um, We've got this growing force of entrepreneurship coming through the ranks as well. People are more spirited around that. So the workplace is changing a lot. And the loyalty is not going to be there from big companies just because of you know the dynamic that's out there. The market forces, the bottom line considerations changing, so you need to be equipped to look after yourself. Secondly, employer branding. So, how many of you have been asked to represent your company brand on LinkedIn um, and you know, increasingly that's seen as an asset by an employer that you can do that, that you have a network that you can share the company message. Why? Because social media is your marketing spend a lot of the time and personal brand drive social media. Company brands don't, personal brand drives social media. So it's an asset for you. Reputation management, if you're not found online with a credible footprint, that is a reputation problem for you. So you need to have a credible footprint. How many of you updated your LinkedIn? Do you have a cover shot? Do you have a summary section? Little things like that make it look polished and professional. It's now a de facto business directory. It's not just a recruitment platform. And then finally, something I call freedom of identity, which is this growing force in the world around people don't want to check their identity at the door when they go and work for someone else. They have a strong sense of who they are and they don't want to just trade that off under an employer's brand. So that is a growing force. So they're all reasons why you really need to pay attention to this area. Um, and then looking at you know what it is, it's not just your online footprint, but it's what you stand for. Many of the points that Lynn was making about your authenticity coming through, you, you're a go-to you know, um, conversationalist on a particular topic. You don't have to be married to that, but it might be a 12-month focus. You need to be known for something consistently. Most people include friends, family, colleagues don't really know what you do. You kind of need to consistently tell them that. Um, So I want to ask you these questions. Um, When was the last time that you thought about, you know, what you really love talking about? So stepping away from the role that you currently have. But what do you love talking about? What brings you to life? Where is your core expertise, the thread that runs through all of the work that you've done, whether it be five years, 10 years, 15 years in the workforce? Is there a thread there? What do people naturally come to you for advice on? And this is a big one. You know, sometimes we see ourselves in this boxed in way with our current role, it might be the thing that brings us money, but actually a lot of people hit us up for coffee on something. That's how I ended up coaching personal brand on the side because people were constantly saying, can you help me with this? And I realised there was a whole army of professionals out there who didn't understand this topic, not just the CEOs who were paying me from their company, but just individuals not understanding it. So what do people hit you up for, for coffee? Is there a consistent theme there? And is that topic something that's in demand and commercial? And there might be some clues there about your next thing. So we're not just positioning for the now, we're positioning for the next career step, or even setting up a business venture. So thinking about those things and making sure that you're highlighting that in your personal brand is really important. Guys, these are the excuses that people have told me for 15 years about why they don't want to build a personal brand. I'm not going to go through them all. You've prob- you have probably recognise at least one of them. I don't have time. I'm sure most people will kind of identify with that. It's not my role. It's better to fly under the radar. It doesn't make any difference. I don't have time to go through these individually, but they're all excuses. And it's basically just self-sabotage so there are no excuses for doing this because it does make a big difference to your career and also to your commercial um, bottom line eventually but you do have to stick to it and finally (laughs) the create curate and participate model just three quick tips not everyone's going to sit there and write an amazing blog post not all of your writers you're not all video creators don't worry about that because it's just as successful to curate content you might take other people's content and put a one sentence comment on it but do it with authenticity as lynn was saying and consistency that can have a huge impact do participate you can't just push content at other people engage with you know other people's content and that's going to give you The results in a in an environment like a LinkedIn.
1: The words personal branding makes me cringe, but I've come to accept having a clear, authentic brand and participating in online networks is important. And Lynn and Fleur were very clear on this point. Personal branding can be dismissed as self-promotion, but Lynn explains why self-promotion isn't a bad thing before Fleur reflects on her experience of building a brand as an introvert. Here's Linen Fleur. One of the things that's interesting when you're thinking about
0: building your brand is this this sense of self-promotion um, and, and putting yourself out there and networking etc. Particularly if you're an introvert, mm. what kind of tips would you have for someone who actually feels really uncomfortable doing those things knowing that it's a necessity and what it is that we need to do? Um,
2: I'm like a massive introvert like if I had it my way I'd be home with my cats all the time mm-hmm. um, but I think um, for me uh, what's been really useful is like intention so I think about like, what do I want to get out of putting this content out there or going to these meetups and hackathons and networking? Um, and I think I centre it into that. But then I also know that it takes a lot of energy. So mm. speaking, networking, it takes a lot. Of, I also have two young kids as well, and they suck up a lot of energy too. So I think the the for me, it's really um, mental well-being. So making sure that if I've got huge events coming up, I schedule focus time for just me to take, I'll, I'll work from home the next day, or um, I love running, so I'll go for a really, really long run and listen to podcasts and just be a way and that's just a way for me to re-energize rebalance uh, myself as well so I think know that these things are very important but obviously just manage your energy levels and know, know what time you need for yourself I think um mm. I uh, you know, um, when I travel for work, a lot of people say, well, who's looking after your kids? And well, you know, the other parent. But anyway, <laughs> do you ask him that? Um, but I think for me, it's really about um, when I do travel as well, like having that time to make sure um, that I'm re-energising as well. Because that is work, like that's time away from kids, it's still work. Um, so really balancing out, doing the things that give me energy and joy and, you know, having wine with my friends, etc. cetera. Like really prioritising mm. yourself as well, because self-care is really important.
3: I think I'd suggest to people it's not self-promotion if you're talking about your passion or something you really care about, so it's not really just about putting yourself out there to self-promote what you did, but put the spotlight on things you care about. That's as effective. And secondly, a little PR tip. I mean, one of the reasons people hire PR agents is so they don't have to self-promote. So have a gang of people who can do that for you. Mm -hmm. You know, you all know five or six people. You're probably all navigating a similar course. Have that person post about your award and give you big props. And then you can like it and comment on it. Like you don't always have to be the one doing the posting about what you've achieved. You can get other people to help support you and you support them in an equal way.
2: Yeah, and just on that point, I think that's a really important point, for I mean, one of the things we know about like women's voices is in the media is it's just not prominent, right? Most of the um, campaigns that we do out there, it's men's voices or politi- politics it is. So I think one thing that we could all do um, for each other is repost our articles, have a point of view on them, retweet. I mean, I make sure that my Twitter list that I follow is predominantly more female than not because I know in the real world I have far more men talking um, to me and at me, <laughs> so I make sure that uh, on my online, I'm getting more female voices and being able to feature those as well.
1: And remember, that was from one of our live events, and you can become part of the movement by signing up at futurewomen.com. The Future Women Leadership Series was presented by Helen McCabe, Executive Producer Jenny Goggin, Sound Production by Darcy Thompson.